0: Welcome to Recess Now, 5 Minute Bit. I'm Ralph Seymour, physician assistant in emergency medicine and critical care. Today we're going to talk about the RUSH exam, rapid ultrasound for shock and hypotension, and also known as the HIMAP exam. Now, this Exam is something that you really should practice on and master to the best of your ability. I think it's essential in taking care of sick and crashing patients that come into the emergency department or certainly ones that deteriorate in the intensive care unit. So we're going to talk about the techniques that you're going to need to know uh, how to do. Now, Basically can't really teach you ultrasound techniques very very well in a podcast, so you'll have to refer to our show notes uh, to um, reference exactly what um, you know how you hold the probe. I'll try to explain it the best that I can, but the way I go about. The HiMap exam and HiMap is just a a pretty um, a pretty straightforward way of looking at the uh, approach that you take uh, when uh, looking at the different um, body cavities to uncover what the cause of this shock is. Now HiMap stands for Heart, IVC, Morrison's Aorta, Pulmonary slash Pipes. Okay. And and that's the high map way to go about it. I believe that was a, a, a Scott Weingart protocol. So, I think I think that I, you know, the way I look at it is you know, when I'm looking for the reason somebody is hypotensive, if you know, a lot of times it's a little bit obvious, but I still do it because I think it's an important Adjunct uh, for volume resuscitation and uh, volume responsiveness. Um, so it's important to do it in the setting of trauma as well. Um, they, you know, don't limit it just to the FAST exam or the EFAST exam. Do the entire high map, and you won't miss anything. That's that's the important thing. So, I, you know, the way I go about it is I start out with the heart. Okay. Now the there's tons of different techniques on how to get a bedside echo. But for the purposes of this five-minute bit, we're not going to go into all of that. But what I will say is that it doesn't take very much time to do a very quick parasternal long-axis view, parasternal short-axis view, bring it over to the uh, apical four-chamber view, and then take a subcostal view. And basically what you're looking for is... Is there an, uh, an effusion around the heart, yes or no? Okay, because that could be the cause of your hypotension right then and there. And that's a reversible cause, okay? The second thing that you're looking for is function, okay? We're not going to get into all the intricacies of what that means, but a good kinetic lv that's coming together the walls are coming together the mitral valve is coming close to the septum um you know with with every time it it opens during diastole you're looking at the rv and looking for signs of rv dysfunction okay you're looking very quickly this is not a a um uh, an exam that is meant to take a lot of time. It's not that comprehensive, but it will give you an idea of what is going on in the heart, enough to where you can say, "Okay, that LV, those walls are extremely hypokinetic, or the septum, or the uh, the apical uh, walls really aren't moving that much with the rest of those myocytes. I wonder what's going on. Could this be cardiogenic shock? That is the point of this, and the point is not to you know take med. Measurements and velocities and and things like that. You have to move along. So the next thing, once you're done with the heart, you've ruled out effusion, you've ruled um, out uh, LV or RV dysfunction, the next thing that you're going to go to is the IVC. You're going to take your probe down below the xiphoid process and bring it over maybe a sonometer, sonometer or two, to the patient's right. The probe indicator will be facing towards the head, and what you're looking for is that black stripe underneath the liver. Okay, that's the IVC. Is it... Is it um, uh, collapsing uh, with uh, with uh, respiratory variants? Is it just flat as a pancake, or is it plethoric? Is it is it big and plump and 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 juicy? that's going to give you a lot of information with respect to the cause of shock or whether the patient would benefit from volume, that taking into also account of your LV function as well. so the next thing you 're going to move on to is your morrison's pouch. Now, what I do is I take the probe indicator and it's and you know I switch it over to the abdominal. Um, uh, setting on my uh, ultrasound, okay? And the probe indicator now uh, should be on the left-hand side of the screen, and I want the probe indicator facing towards the patient's head. And I go down to the flank until I see the liver in plain, plain view. It's very obvious. And then I want the liver and the kidney right next to each other. I scan, I fan up and down so I can see between that kidney and that liver. If there is a black hypoechoic stripe of fluid, then I know I have free fluid in the belly. Now, it doesn't mean it's blood, but you have a pretty good indication it is if somebody has abdominal trauma. So, in the setting of 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 trauma or where you're suspecting bleeding, that would be a good indication that there's blood in the belly. But of course, patients with ascites are always going to have this sign as well. The next thing that you're going to do is go over to the spleen. This is going to be way higher up than you think it is, and it's going. If your knuckles are not touching the uh, the the gurney, then you are not posterior enough. You have to be high enough and posterior enough, and you want to look above that spleen, below the diaphragm. That's where fluid's going to be. It's not always going to be between the spleen and the kidney just like it is between the liver and the kidney, okay? So you have to get a good image above that spleen looking for, for fluid. The next thing that uh, I'm going to do is I'm going to um, move on to the aorta. Now, the aorta is a little bit different. I'm just looking for aneurysm, really. And and you have to take into consideration, when you scan the aorta, basically what you're doing is you're going right below the xiphoid process, maybe a little bit to the patient's left okay and you're you're know you're gonna have the uh the probe indicator towards the patient's right and you're just going to scan down and you're gonna find the aorta just to the right of the spine the spine is just like a frown sign it's like a bone table with a shadow beneath it just to the right of that on your screen is going to be a, your aorta and you're just looking for a huge aneurysm or uh, something like that if you get lucky and uh you, you see a uh, false lumen which I never have in my career, then you're you're better at this than I am. And remember, the aorta is mostly going to probably terminate at the um, at the level of the umbilicus, or maybe a little bit below. So it's going to It's going to basically take off into the iliacs uh, a little bit higher the higher up than you think. All right. So this uh, wraps up the first segment on the Rush High Map exam. We're going to move on uh, to a part two of this segment. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.